Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs. And I'm so very grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this production. Of course, I couldn't do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisor committee, and of course, a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So to all of our returnal listeners, welcome back and thank you for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. We truly do appreciate you taking the time to join us today. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose of this series is to provide you some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and to showcase the different voices of the, of the Brotherhood in an entertaining fashion that will hopefully keep you coming back. So today's guests are joining me all the way from the great state of Florida, more specifically, Tallahassee. So I'm very excited for our guests and to hear more about what they have to share. So without further delay, let's go ahead and pass it over to our guests for official introductions. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Brother Bong. Um, my name is Matthew James. I am a fourth year music education student from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am from the Delta Iota chapter. I currently serve as the chapter president. And a personal fact about myself is I plan on pursuing saxophone performance starting this upcoming fall. All right. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brother Bong. My name is Gustav Major, a member of the Delta Iota chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi. I do humbly serve as the historian for our chapter. I am currently a second year music education student from Broward County, Florida. All right, all right. Thank you both so much for joining us today. And just wanted to say how very excited it is to have Delta Iota back in the fraternity, back and just serving, continuing to help us uh, promote musicianship and leadership and brotherhood and service at your campus, at your institution. So this here is our KKSI uh, podcast series. And uh, essentially what we're going to do is we're going to go through a series of questions and very excited again to see what you have to share. This first question may be a loaded question, but I, I wanted to know how your 2021 has been going so far. It's it's been going well. Um, it's a it's a great transition from being behind a computer screen for the majority of the year. I, I love it a lot. Um, I'm currently in my last semester as an undergraduate at Florida A&M. So um, I'm a music education student. So I'm student teaching currently. So just having that one to one social interaction with people wasn't something I knew that I needed as much as I did until the pandemic started. So I'm definitely grateful for just the chance to interact with people, you know, even though I have to wear a mask all day, you know, it's, it's keeping everybody and myself safe. So it's just it's it's definitely an upgrade over 2020 for sure. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. Gustav, what about you? Well, for me, 2021 has been really doing good for me so far. Um, basically, you know, I am a second year music education student. Um, you know, I've been staying ahead of my academics, you know, constantly. Recently, I've been always trying to sign up for new scholarships every day, you know, from Sources like Durgood Marshall College Fund and, you know, our family foundation out here at our university. Mm -hmm. Also, I've been currently looking at internships to, you know, decide to do over the summer. Been looking at doing things like mentorship programs at Tallahassee or maybe doing like a music music internship program, probably mm -hmm. at like um, the Blue Lake Camp or Interlochen Camp. You know, just trying to go through the process of trying to do all those auditions and et cetera. I feel like... <clears throat> being able to learn and be able to help others in the music will benefit me greatly 
through my profession that I'm trying to go through. Yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And can I just say music majors, music education majors, you all have to do so much. And I don't know how you're doing it all over online and digital virtual space right now, but just want to commend you for all the sacrifice that you are putting into this because the work that you're going to do, you're doing right now and do, you're going to do in the future is going to change so many lives, you know, like, like myself, like so many others within the fraternity. So thank you for your service and for your commitment to that. So I think with your experience, your story, again, I'm very excited to hear because it's very unique. A lot of the students and members that I interview on this podcast got started in KKSI because it was, it was already on their campus. There was, you know, there's already that existence. And with Delta Iota not being a part of your institution at that, uh, during your time there, I wanted to know how did that all come to be? How did you help bring the chapter back? And just uh, in general, how did you get involved with KKSI? For me personally, it started from when I was in high school. Um, I had a band, I had two band writers who were members of different chapters, of course, but just them instilling some of those values and just showing me the importance of service and how much I could, you know, learn about myself and be able to provide others. I just took an interest in it. And when I ended up at Florida A&M, you know, I started my collegiate career and naturally I had a lot of great examples, whether it was within older students or whether it was in the band staff of just service, not only to music, but service to people. And that's why I was interested in it. So naturally when I got the chance to even serve in any capacity, you know, I just jumped towards it because I felt like not only would I be able to make myself better in whatever way that it would take me to, but I'd be able to provide something to other people. So, you know, it was when, when the opportunity came back, it was just like, of course I will, you know? Yeah. It sounds like it's a natural transition for you because you, you've had that and servant leadership was embedded into you. So I, I love to hear that story. Thank you for sharing. Yep. So what about you? Well, basically it is very similar to um, Matthew's, um, you know, way of getting involved with KKSI. Of course, for me, it kind of did start in high school. Um, I did have a band director and my band director always explained to me that um, it's always important to give back and always to assist whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, during my freshman year, my, just starting in high school, I never truly understanded, understand what he meant. But, you know, I matriculated through high school, mm. you know, figured out everything. And then I started to understand why. Um, and then basically, it's always good to benefit the band because it benefited you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I went to college, um, found many opportunities, a way to help the band, help the music department as much as I can. And just like Matt said, the opportunity came and it was just something I was eager to be a part of. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Both very beautiful stories and very inspiring as well. And again, just the the fact that you had aspects of your life that played out in band, which made your transitions pretty much seamless and smooth into KKSI, I think it just speaks to the power of band and impact that music can make in people's lives. Um, so with all that being said, you know, I did want to know a little bit more, and I know many of our listeners, um, wanted to know as well, because of your unique experience with KK Sai, I wanted to know so far, or maybe even further than just when you were initiated, what has been your favorite thing, memory, or aspect of KK Sai? 
for me, I'll definitely have to say, you know, just the relationships and the interactions I've been able to have with people through the, you know, the common bond. Um, you know, we were welcomed back extremely well and just being able to meet so many people and have so much support from everyone, you know, it, it was just a really warm welcome and it was very inviting. So being able to build those relationships, albeit, you know, we haven't been able to have as much in-person interaction. It's just even behind a screen or behind a medium, you know, I can tell that the energy is positive. So it's very, it's very fulfilling in that way. And, you know, it gives us confidence. So especially me, you know, it just, I, I love interacting with people and having positive interactions interactions or positive conversations so yeah. it just you know it's, it's really nice yeah of course and, and def that's something that we're all very much missing right now but like you said you know we're, we're taking what we can and just make taking a moment to appreciate the relationships that we do have and can i just say like when yes i definitely agree with you i my i was very I, I, it was an emotional experience because like seeing you all become a chapter again and seeing the outpour of love and support from people from all over the country, maybe even the world at this point, like, you know, tuning in was simply incredible. So congratulations on that. Gustav, what about you? What's been your favorite aspect thing or memory of KKSI so far? Well, there have been a lot of memories that I can say that, you know, KKSI, I have the experience through KKSI. So one thing I do want to say, if I had to choose, one thing I could say is um, basically going through the different membership education meetings and basically learning more about what the organization is about. Um, one thing I can say on that topic is that one thing I did keep in my mind, because it was just, it was funny with the whole acronym thing was HURL. And, you know, HURL stands for Honor, Integrity, Respect, and Loyalty. Basically, me learning about those qualities um, and, you know, how it's embedded with the whole organization. It made me take a look at things at a different point of view. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, I started to do that and do that every day. And it just makes me realize that those are just qualities that you can apply with my everyday life. You know what I'm saying? With everybody's everyday life. Yeah. yeah so. I appreciate that. Um, and can I just say, uh, the, you know, I don't know if it goes through people's minds, but saying like, today I'm going to hurl. Today I'm going to hurl. Most people probably don't get that, but, you know, brothers, they know like, yeah, I, I know what hurl means. So uh, I can definitely appreciate you bringing that back as well, because I, I will say I've forgotten that about about that a little bit. But I remember going back to my active days, you were just going around and be like, I'm going to hurl the day. And most people are like, that's not good. But you know what that means. Yeah, no, it is a good thing. So very cool. So my next question for both of you, I wanted to hear more about your experience being in an HBCU band. So of course our fraternity, I mean, just let's just be frank about it. We, we have a lot to work to do, a lot of education, a lot of conversations to, to have about our relationship with our HBCU chapters and the work that we can do to empower HBCU bands, music education for black youth as well. So for the two of you specifically, and I just want to make it clear for, for everyone listening as well as, you know, we never expect our guests to speak on behalf of their entire community. We're asking them to speak on their experience. So by no means are we holding people to you know, speaking for the entire group of people, uh, campus, whatever, they're just speaking to their personal experience. So uh, back to um, you, Matthew, how has your experience been in an HBCU band? And if you could tell us some traditions and cultural aspects that make it such a special and unique place to you. Okay. Um, the, 
the best way that I could describe it is that um, just like any other marching band, but you know, you see it a lot more commonly with, with HBCU bands. It's almost like they have very distinct characteristics that kind of set them apart or just make them different stylistically. Like it's like, um, there are multiple ways to approach the same problem. And, you know, it's, there are multiple approaches to, you know, building an ensemble. Um, there are a lot of things that makes the, the Florida a Marching 100 unique. You know, there are a lot of techniques that, you know, we use that other bands may not because we find it to be what our crowd enjoys or what traditionally we enjoy. Like, for example, the double time march, which we refer to as the Rattler, you know, that's something that's that's very unique to us, but it, it's used like every show, every performance. Like, it's, it's just like our, a trademark. So I say that to say, you know, a lot of HBCU bands have that trademark and it's really, it's really interesting and it's culturally diverse because you can almost, for, for whatever trademark you're looking for, there's a band that'll fit that. And, and it's very entertaining in that way. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the experience that I've had as a member of the Marshall 100 just and it's kind of cliche, everybody talks about it, but the homecoming experience, you know, getting to meet all types of different decades of people who went to the same, you know, school as you and, you know, having and I, I, I hate to repeat it, but positive interactions, it, it's, it's so fulfilling because, you know, you're united by that common experience. And it, it's just in that moment, it's very enriching. Um, yeah. So I think that'll have to be my answer. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. And I mean, I, I can just say that my first time seeing your uh, marching band, I believe was at Honda. Um, I mean, a while back now that you know we've had COVID, um, but just definitely is, I, I mean, the stylistic differences, um, it was really what made me kind of like shift to the front of my seat a little bit. I was like, oh, this is it. This is new. I was like, so it definitely brought like a freshness to just marching band in general. Because I, you know, when I watch marching bands, you can, you, there are lots of things that you can sort of expect because there's just certain things that just follow just the general commonness of music and show design and stuff like that. So, like you said, that unique aspect, I definitely shifted to my, the front of my seat was like, this is, this is a fresh breath there. So thank you for, for bringing that up and reminding me of that memory as well. Absolutely. Gustav, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gustav, but for you, what, how has your experience been in an HBCU band and uh, what aspects do you stick out that make your marching band, your campus unique? Well, basically, being a member of the March of 100, you know, with all the concepts and different concepts we're learning, um, it is very physically demanding. I'll just have to say that, you know, it takes a lot of work. But, you know, with the work that we um, the work that we put in is there so we can just, you know, please a crowd. That's what we're here to do um, for. I can say, like, before all that happens, you know, we go through things like pre-drill. Basically, we will just have morning um, rehearsals, afternoon and night rehearsals. And it's just for us to be able to basically execute at the highest level possible. So we're able to, as I said, perform for the perform for the crowd. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, also, I just realized in being in that environment, I realized that everybody around me just wants to be a best version of themselves. They just want to strive higher. And it just pushes the whole band to become a greater band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just has to be my take on it. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. And no, it's just, again, I, I love asking people to talk about their bands because you can just see 
and hear and feel them light up a bit. And then definitely as you were both answering, saw your smile, Sarah, cause you know, it's bringing back good memories. And I'm, I mean, I'm even getting goosebumps thinking about like my band, right? And can I just say my band at home at Indiana University is the Marching 100. So I remember a lot of times when I would search, because a lot of people call us the Marching 100. We're like, no, no, that's a different band. They have their own thing. And we very different bands here. So thank you both for sharing. And I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna add in one question because I'm very curious. Do any of you, do either of you have like really fun, crazy stories that happened to you while you were in the band? Um, hmm. I think probably one of the most fun experiences that I've had um, as a member of the band was it was it was a more recent performance that we did. It was it was the haunted battle of the bands in 2020 or yeah, that was 2020. Yeah. So it was, it was 2020 right before, you know, everything went left um, and it was just to travel, you know, um, just to travel to a different state, you know, do what we do. But we got to interact with a lot of high school students, um, you know, to potentially, you know, just have them show interest in band, you know, and get to exhibit, put our band on an, an additional, you know, exhibit other than Honda, of course. Um, and then doing what is called the the mass band rehearsals, where all bands that are participating in Honda combine their bands and we all are playing the same arrangement. We're interacting and, you know, we're getting to know each other. Like, you know, there are different ways of approaching the same thing, but you know, you, you really think that sometimes when you go to a different school or when you wear a different uniform, it's just totally different. But to find those similarities, even in all of our differences, it was just a really good experience because, you know, sometimes people get so caught up in rivalry where it's like you kind of forget why, you know, you're inside of music and it's about unity. And when you do get to experience that that unity, it's just it's just really nice. And Honda was just a great experience, especially we had a we had a, a dinner for the for the band members of each band and you know just to put yourself out there and maybe not hang out with your own band members as much because you already know them but to get to meet new people because you never know when you're going to see them again you really never know what kind of friends you're going to make from that so i've made some really great relationships from that so i'll, I'll definitely attest to that okay okay i appreciate that and I, I quite honestly have to say that i'm very jealous of that because that it always seems like such a unique and fun experience that like you will just keep those memories and and, and relationships for life Cool. Gustav, what about you? Any fun, crazy stories? One thing I can say is that um, basically we had an opportunity to go to the Midwest, Midwest Convention in Chicago, and it was pretty cool. It was basically some band members um, in the band, of course, and then some people from the music department at FAMU, mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool. We got to explore a lot of different companies, a lot of different organizations that, you know, that were just about music. Um, and it was kind of cool meeting other college students and especially other HBCU college students. And it was just fun interacting with them. Um, we also basically went to different clinics uh, with those people, you know, sharing our thoughts and everything. And I realized that a lot of people have a lot of different views about different things. And it just opens my mind to so much more, you know, and it was pretty fun and it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that someday we'll get to meet each other in person at Midwest. I've never been, but I, I, I really, I mean, I hear all the stories. Most of it involves food for some reason. I don't know if that's uh, a thing, but I, all the stories I hear about Midwest involve food. The deep dish pizza is amazing. They're not lying to you. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely have to give that a try. 
Oh, goodness. Awesome. Well, thank you for, um, for going off script with me for a bit here. Of course, right we're in February and we are celebrating Black History Month. And I've had lots of conversations with people from within and outside of our organization as well of how do we actually help celebrate and bring meaning and awareness to Black History Month? Because something that's really important, that's something that I myself and a lot of people around really want to drive is that, yes, it's great to bring awareness and educate and, and empower during the month of, but it shouldn't just be the month of, it should be all year round. So I wanted to ask you what your views are on Black History Month and what does it mean to you? And if you could, in addition to that, what do you hope brothers get out of this month and, and all the activities that we're doing to celebrate Black History Month? You know, I, I really think that you you hit it on the head. I think that it should be something that isn't necessarily only celebrated with a particular month, but is more celebrated across the span of a year because, you know, there are just so many accomplishments that we try to, you know, stuff into the shortest month of the year, um, which kind of puts things into perspective. You know, it, it's it's a little bit, it's, it, it is a, it is a, a breath of relief from sometimes what, what goes on with, with in, within our modern day society. Um, so I definitely appreciate it. And I think what I would love for anyone to take out of it, you know, regardless of their stance, it's just that regardless of any intangible aspect of someone's of self that is decided at birth, you know, you, you can achieve truly what, whatever you, you set out to be or whatever you set out to, to, to desire, you know, it's not limited to a particular group or denomination or, or whatever way that, you know, we sometimes segregate one another, but anything that you put your mind to, you can support anyone regardless of whatever stance that you have i think that you know i think anyone and everyone can be just or do a little bit better with just accepting others for their differences and i think it would it would go an extremely long way and it would help us all just get along together and appreciate each other more i I really appreciate that matthew gustav what about you what does black history month mean to you and what do you hope people get away from it Thank you for that, Kwan. Well, basically, what Black History Month means to me is basically recognizing and honoring African Americans and what they have done for, you know, all people and African Americans alike. You know, back in the day, there was many inventions and protests that basically created multiple solutions that are, you know, solved in our current day society. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that solves, you know, just a little joke, um, with the peanut butter, you know, George Washington Carver, you know, this peanut butter, I like peanut butter. He created it for me, you know, and I really enjoy that. And it's just a little things that you can appreciate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, honestly, I do believe that all people should probably take some time, even if it's a little bit, just uh, take appreciation, take, um, you know, into consideration what, you know, those people have done for us, you know, African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were to use like two words to give, you know, all the brothers, you know, what they should get from Black History Month, I'll say, do you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Very, 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 very telling there. And again, very powerful responses. Um, So thank you very, very, thank you both for sharing that. And something I wanted to add as well is we're doing research and we're doing this work for DEI for our organization. And to me, it comes down to personally is what actions are we going to do? What changes are we going to make? what impact are we hoping to have? And 
while I think posting on social media is a good place to start, I wanted to hear if you had any suggestions for our brothers who wanted to help celebrate Black History Month, but with a little bit more of an action-oriented, solution-oriented um, method this year. I don't know if you have any an idea. So for example, I, I saw this post yesterday um, in from my alumni association was talking about how rather than just social, posting on social media, you can actually go out and be intentional about finding black owned businesses and supporting those businesses, um, supporting uh, black artists, um, learning more about, you know, black composers, supporting black teachers, like doing something that's a little bit more action oriented than just posting on social media and then being right. I did my part. So what, what things would you like people, would you like brothers to, to, to what actions would you like brothers to take? That's a great question. I think that the ruse, uh, I hope I'm using this word properly, but the ruse that we kind of put ourselves under or the misconception that we may have about social media, and this is for this is for everyone that uses it, is that not to say that social media isn't impactful, but it's just so um, instant and accessible that we think that just the post of something can sometimes rectify or get rid of a problem entirely. You know, just as you suggested, more tangible options are just just far superior in terms of supporting, you know, any any minority and especially African Americans um, like me, myself, like I have a lot of friends like who who eventually dream of owning black owned businesses and have started their own. And, and you know, I, I, I support them, you know, I'll buy their product because, you know, I want to see them succeed in that way. I want to be supportive. And I think that, you know, it could it could carry over um, in that exact same one to one ratio, you know, just being very intentional and, and having tangible efforts, you know, providing that equal opportunities for everyone to succeed truly, which is what we may sometimes say, but isn't always the reality of things, which is heavy but you know it's just we still have work to do just as you said you know so just being very very um intentional and not okay here's 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 uh here's an inch now you're supposed to receive a mile from this you know just just having having fair and equal treatment and just you know being being um, comfortable with advocating for those type of people as well. You know, it would it would do a lot with making everyone feel more comfortable with interacting with one another despite their differences and and just getting to the 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 bond that we may want to have as just one set of people, like as humans, beyond everything else. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Appreciate it, Gustav. What about you? Any actions you want brothers to take? I would have to think about this. Yeah. And as you think about it, I'll, I'll, I'll add in too, um, and maybe just a, a plug. If, if you, does your marching band and like uh, campus bands do, do, I'm assuming you all have social media accounts that, you know, you could plug and, and maybe brothers could share as well, because I mean, that's definitely another way, uh, you know, following supporting bands. Like if there are fundraisers, you know, like donating, donating to that. Um, and I think Gustav, as you're thinking about this as well is what I encourage all brothers to do is, a great starting place is to engage in conversation and engaging conversation doesn't mean you have to have the answers. It doesn't mean you have to know. Sometimes you just need to listen, just listen to other perspectives. And then from then from there, move to the tangibles. What, what tools, resources do you need or what tools and resources the community that you're trying to advocate for? What, what do they need? And then from there, focus on empowerment. 
empowering yourself as an advocate, empowering those who you are trying to help. Um, so, I mean, just a, start with that conversation, start with engaging in these conversations. Uh, Gustav, um, any thoughts yet on this? Sorry to put you on, on, on the spot here. <laughs> No problem. No problem. Well, basically, I'm just going to piggyback piggyback from the last response I did have, you Mm -hmm. know, um, with about learning about black history, little details and all the things that happened. I'll say take the time, maybe go into an African-American museum or uh, special monuments. You know what I'm saying? Those monuments and museums have carry special value that, you know, I feel like everybody should learn about, you know, take into account with all the things that have happened in the past, you know, it'll be good for, you know, everybody to learn about it. I believe, you know, for you to be able to do everything current day to help everybody, you know, you know what I'm saying? With the whole African-Americans and stuff like that, you know, you go back to the roots and just learn, you know, cause you can't really say on what you don't know, but if you do know, you can act on, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And again, you know, we're all brothers here. Like we, we are all in this because we started with band and then more specifically, we share this ritual, we share these, these values. And one of those values specifically, uh, which I'll try not to mention on, on the area is something about that relationship that we share with another. And even when times are hard and difficult, how do we show that appreciation and deeper relationship with one another because it goes beyond just the words goes beyond the social media posts. And I mean, I truly think that when you, something as simple as being on a podcast, watching the VPSA chats, engaging in district and chapter events and to, to ask these questions. I mean, it is important work and I'm so very excited because the more and more I do these, these interviews, I am, it just solidifies to me that our students have so much passion for the work that they do for band. And it goes beyond just the music aspect. It goes beyond the advocacy for band members nationwide, worldwide. So thank you so much uh, again for your responses there. So this next part here, um, I'm literally gonna be random questions I'm asking you. And most people, <laughs> they get a little bit nervous, but I don't want people to get nervous. I'm just gonna think of random questions to ask you. Um, and you know, whatever the first thing that comes to your mind, please feel free to to respond with. And this is, again, just a fun way for people to get to know a little bit more about you. So I'll start simple here. What is your favorite color? Uh, I'll definitely have to say purple. Well, funny thing, it's also, it's actually blue. (laughs) I love it. What is your go-to meal? If you, if expense travel, if that wasn't a thing, your go-to meal. Jeez, that's hard. Um, actually, I'm not going to lie. When, when I don't know what to eat, I just eat sandwiches. Like um, Whether it's Panera Bread, Tropical Smoothie, Subway, Publix, uh, it, it doesn't even matter. I just like sandwiches. Love it. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, it would always have to go, I would have to say chicken wings. I mean, I feel like every time I go to a place and I never, you know, and it's been my first time there, I always go with safe pick and go with chicken wings, you know, no one can mess up chicken wings. Yeah. And I, and I'll just put a plug here. If you have, uh, have never tried Korean fried chicken, please do. If you like spicy, they got you. Korean fried chicken is one of my favorite things. Okay. So not about me. <clears throat> what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, I hate to feel like 
um geez i hate feeling like i'm putting so much effort into something and then i'm kind of watching someone off at the side just kind of coasting by but they're getting away with it you know i'm very intentional with whatever i choose to pursue so i sometimes and whether it's wrong or right i i kind of expect those around me to you know even have a some sort of passion for it so i kind of get riled up when i'm really passionate (laughs) i i I align with that so thank you you Um, one of my pet peeves I could say is um, basically, you know, feeling when something's not right or like looking at something when it's supposed to be a certain way mm. and it's not that certain way. It's like, you know, uh, the colors of a rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue. But it, what if it's red, orange, blue, then purple? You know, I don't know. It's like a slight OCD, if that makes sense. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. I completely understand that. Um, so if you were not attending your current institution, what other college would you go to? Oh, this is a hard one. Um, I don't want to. Hmm. I think I think I would have probably wanted to stay in Florida um, because I am a bright future scholar. And I think that's only valid in Florida. I can't really remember, but um, I probably would have ended up going to Florida State. You know, I really I think it's a really good school. Uh, and it's it's far enough away from home. <laughs> it's far enough. So yeah, appreciate that. Well, for me, you know, based on my major and like the you know the things I wanted to do, um, I probably would have ended up going to either University of Florida or possibly University of Central Florida in Orlando. Okay. One of those two schools. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And this may be an unfair question to ask music educators or future uh, music educators, but let's say in a band, if you just had to get rid of one instrument forever, what instrument would that be? It has to be trumpet. It just has to be. One hundred percent. It just has to be. either. Tr- yeah, no, it has to be trumpet. The trumpet players—they're <laughs> such hotheads. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right to the answer. I love it. If it was for me, um, are we talking about concert or marching? I'll let you pick. Okay. Well, honestly, I might, you know, this might be uh, unpopular opinion. It would have to be the oboe for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just have to be honest. It's just, uh, I mean, I like the sound of an oboe, but it's, yeah. no, it's just, no. I just can't get it explained. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not a reed player, so this whole sucking on the the, the reed thing kind of does bother me a little bit. So I get it, I get it, and I, I get the trumpet thing too. All my love to oboe players and trumpets worldwide, but hey, the, the answer is what it is. Okay, <clears throat> so let's see what other question. Do I, if if you could travel to any country um, once COVID is you know everyone's vaccinated and everything is safe, um, just to get away, what what area, country, state, where would you go? Um, I've always been really interested in the UK um, because I felt like it was, it may be similar to America with slight tweaks. I I really wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm not super big on travel, but um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, they probably, you know, sometimes I always think like, you know, the food has to be just amazing or different, you know, so. Yeah, prob- probably the UK. Sandwiches are, are pretty awesome there too. So you're, you're, you can't go wrong. <laughs> um. Okay. So for the different places or a place that I would want to go to, I don't have that. 
it's I have a couple. I'll just name two. Yeah. Um, one place I'd probably go to, of course, is Paris, France. I don't know. It's just I just hear about so many uh, different, um, you know, different statues and monuments that they have. I never seen in real life before, and I just mm-hmm. feel like you know, being in that moment or being in real life, just looking at it will just give you that. Hmm, I'm gonna just check it off my bucket list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, another place I do would want to go to is probably, uh, most likely Japan. It's just because I do like doing a lot of. Um, there are a lot of cultural things that's in America that's originate from Japan that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. Like a couple things, like there's some food, you know, fried rice. Who doesn't like fried rice? Um, <laughs> I, I do like anime myself. Yeah, um, a lot of anime does come from Japan, and I just like you know viewing all these different aspects and i know the music in japan is amazing because you know in japan a lot of people do play music and a lot of people do have appreciate for the arts Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just feel like being in that environment would be a nice relaxing place to be yeah definitely and i mean i can definitely attest to okay if anybody has ever been to tokyo i think they can attest to this um even though it's a huge city oddly the quietest city i've ever been to like they have they're so I don't want to use the word stern, but intentional about noise being a, a, a below level because it's a it's a it's a belief that it noise affects your health. Um, so if from cars to certain engine, I mean, it is the quietest city. And you, can, I mean, I can see people all over the place, but I mean, everyone talks quietly, even in the subway. Like at, at this level, I'm talking to you right now. They'd be like, like you're talking about too loudly. But I can say, I, you know, any country that you go to food the food the food the food you have to do and the, especially street foods i know that many americans are afraid of street foods but good god like it's it's like i like street food is the way to get to uh, the the culture of a uh, country of a city by far so if you i, I wish you that you after this you will all get to travel and try the foods because amazing amazing stuff okay last fun question here is what is your biggest fear uh so it's really weird right i love to swim but i hate the beach um because uh i think i think i probably like walked into my parents watching jaws at a really young age and you know those movies even though they were like back then they were probably animated so poorly like it just looked so scary as a kid so i was like ah i'm just not gonna go to the beach so i i just ever since then you know i just really hate the beach so um probably like like sea animals, but more specifically sharks. <laughs> I, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. So is it hard being in Florida when you're surrounded by peaches? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, everybody wants to go to the beach and I'm like, ah, what about the pool? You know, like we can, we can, <laughs> we, can we can, you know, if there, if a pool has a grill, we can make some food or something like that. But yeah, it, it's hard. It's a hard, uh, it's a hard no from me though. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is such a great answer. Thank you for so much. Gustav, what about you? Well, probably, you know, of course, everybody has their couple of fears. I probably want to just highlight, just say that um, a fear of not succeeding, you know, um, I feel like everybody has that general uh, fear of just not succeeding because, you know, you came to high school and then go to college and you just have a purpose. Mm. Well, basically your purpose that you want to drive for and strive for, you know, and you believe that yourself that that is where you're going to hit that apex in your life you know what i'm saying so i just always i just want to be able to always hit that apex point if you know what i mean of course. Um, I just, you know just don't want to fail of i course. guess 
Yeah. So, so the theme I'm getting here is that we, we all want to strive and not dive with sharks, strive for the highs, but not dive with sharks. So, so that will be, that will be the theme. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. So um, I have asked you both so many questions and even cheated a little bit and added, uh, you know, clarification, clarification questions. So just wanted to say how much I appreciate your willingness to speak on everything so far and share your perspective and your experiences. My last question for this interview I wanted to know what has been the most important lesson, leadership lesson that you've learned during your time in band. Yeah, and and before I go ahead and answer, you know, I would just like to thank you again for the opportunity. You know, we're more than excited to interact with with everybody. You know, and I speak, and I'm sure I'm, I speak on behalf of the chapter as well. You know, we're just extremely grateful. Um, so. In terms of leadership, the most important leadership lesson, I'll definitely say understanding that everybody learns differently and everyone receives information differently, you know, and, and that may just be to a, a variety of factors. It, it could be just the, the, the aspect of learning that everybody has different. So I may learn visually, you know, someone else, they, they may they may learn by just actually doing something or, you know, I may be at a different level, you know, within that content area than the next person. And, you know, my inner music educator is kind of speaking right now, but just being able to effectively reach people. Like I think the one of the biggest, the biggest saxophone section that I had in my time as a sectional leader at Florida A&M was about 50 people. So when I'm allotted like 30 to 45 minutes to relay the same information to 50 people who learn differently and in every different kind of way, you know, it really pulled a lot of, of um, just intention out of me. I think that, you know, there are two forks of the road that I could have went there. I could have either modified the way that I speak to people to, you know, just make sure that everybody can understand what I want to say or what I'm trying to convey. Or I could have had a more a more esoteric approach where, you know, I'm just looking at it like, OK, well, you can come to my level or, you know, whatever the case may be. And not to say that I'm better than anybody else. You know, I'm, I still have quite a few things to work on myself. But, you know, just being placed in that position of leadership, it, it really puts a lot of responsibility on you and you have to perform. So. So I think that that has it definitely made me a better person um, because now I'm a lot more understanding of people and, you know, understanding of myself, too, because I understand that I have a ways to go. You know, I don't necessarily have to beat myself up as much. And it made me a better leader because I was able to effectively reach the people that I was attempting to lead a lot better. I could understand why they felt the way that they felt or where they were coming from. And, and that just makes the, the whole experience so much easier and it makes, you know, band flow a lot smoother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And definitely like such a great moment there, a teaching moment there as well, because I, I definitely learned something there. So thank you for sharing. Gustav, what about you? What has been the most important leadership lesson you've learned in your time in band? Okay. So uh, first, thank you for that. Um, one thing I can say being a member of the March 100 or just being leadership in general, um, just going off what Matt was saying, you know, you have to be adaptable and because a lot of people learn in different ways. And one key thing that I can say that's a part of leadership is being a role model. Um, I believe being a role model is just a prime example of leadership. You know, if you're being a role model, it's just a different thing when you're telling someone to do something or just showing them. Because a lot of things, a lot of things can happen when words are not used. But if you're just showing someone them looking and just, um, you know, looking your direction or just observing what you do, it just 
it just speaks a lot, you know, especially mm-hmm. leading a group of people yeah. to direct to a certain goal. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate you bringing that up as well, because I think right now when during the time we're, we're socially distant and we're online, we forget about that aspect of being a role model and even indirectly where when, you know, as leaders, when what we're doing on social media, how we're, you know, holding ourselves on these uh, Zoom calls and all that, like in a way, like we're also serving as role models, either good or bad, because we are the best of the best. We were chosen to be a part of this fraternity for a reason. And I think you bring up a good point. I think all of us, even those who have been in the fraternity for since the beginning of the fraternity, um, can always grow as, as role models. And I think as we reflect back and we continue to reflect back on our time in KKSI, our time in band, and think about what are the important, most important leadership lessons, how, would you, how do we communicate that to others? How do we role model? How do we teach that to others in a way where people are people learn differently? I myself, for example, I, English is not my first language. So you could probably tell I, I start to speak really fast and then... <laughs> Then a little accent comes out, <laughs> but I really wouldn't have been able to tell you speak really well. Thank you. I appreciate that. So in a way, like there's I this has been a very, very awesome call because it, it, you know, it was reminding me about the lessons as you were both speaking about your experiences, your lessons, how much work we have to do. But the fact that we can do it together just like a band plays together, tunes together, all marches together. Like they're like, if we were just here for one another, we communicate, we support one another and we remind each other that we still have work to do, but we can do it together. There's something very powerful about that experience because I think right now a lot of people feel lonely and they feel isolated and they don't want to be a part of KKSI anymore or band anymore because they don't have that people. But there's something deeper about KKSI that ties us all together that I think that we can also potentially share with people who aren't in KKSI who potentially may want to join. So, um, Matthew, Gustav, thank you both so very much for joining us today. And on behalf of the fraternity and the National Council, please, uh, I just want to say, I We so appreciate you and admire all that you're doing to promote musicianship, leadership, and service for the fraternity, for BAN, and and for your uh, program and campus as well. And of course, a huge thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. If you like this episode, then please share, suggest, or podcast series with another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. We do this not to hear ourselves talk, but to share insight that could be meaningful to you. But we also need your help in finding topics to cover, brothers to join me uh, on this as guests on the show as well, just like Matthew and Gustav. So if you have any suggestions, please reach out to me at bonco at kksi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at K-K-P-S-I.org. Thanks again for joining us today on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonco, your host, and I wish you all much love today. And as always, A-E-A.